a Kangaroo Fern production. Special thanks to Podwars.com. Know the latest podcast and job news before others. Coming up next on the Freeman Chronicle Podcast. Well, uh, as I said, these types of regulatory requirements are uh, basically the fundamentals for civil rights, you know, uh, for equity and equality uh, for the AI applications. Because when we test the applications, um, with that example that I gave about the banks and racism, when we test the applications, and check what they what what kind of answer they give us in the cases that you know we just replicate uh, say for example uh, a racist example and then uh, we test the answer of the program to that example and if the program does not really make uh, a bad decision that can be a very safe program to use but if the ai makes an unfair decision of course it's uh, not a proper application to use and that's uh, the important uh, matter that is related to the importance of having these types of regulations in place hi and welcome to our podcast this is mika santos This podcast features enlightenment discussion with professionals to explain pressing issues and provide pertinent facts about unbiased journalism, countering misinformation, and an in-depth conversation with experts. Check out our newsletter at thefreemanchronicle.com. On today's episode, we're talking about the executive order that U.S. President Joe Biden signed on October 30, which shows that the U.S. government is trying to deal with with the threat that AI poses. As well, we're also going to discuss about the Optus outage last week and what AI means for academia, university, to our student, and to ordinary people. To discuss with that, we have Associate Professor Nusha Shafiabadi at the Faculty of Science and Technology at Charles Darwin University, Sydney Campus to explain to us about this issue. Now, let's dive in. Please welcome to the show, Associate Professor from Charles Darwin University, Prof- Associate Professor Nusha Shafiabadi. Hello. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope you are not too busy. Today is Friday. So how are you today? Thank you very much. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Miko. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for that. So AI development. How to balance innovation and regulation? Last month, President Biden signed executive order on safe, secure, and trustworthy AI. Why? Yes. Actually, uh, that was one of the first initiatives that was uh, implemented in the United States. And there are some other initiatives going on. And uh, like, for example, there are some talks uh, in the UK's uh, 2023 AI Safety Summit. And we have G7 Hiroshima AI process. And there are some other talks in Australia also. We're working on uh, regulations of AI. And, uh, you know, all these things um, are not things to be afraid of. Basically, AI regulation is a positive 
move and it actually in, will increase uh, the one just just one protective layer on the use and applications of AI. If we start to look at uh, the uh, balance of between the innovation and regulation in the AI development, basically we have to look at uh, the um, executive orders or the regulations such as the one that President Biden in the White House released on the 30th of October uh, and um, see what what are the main goals and challenges for that order? Uh, for the executive order, because I went through all those pages and studied that, I was very interested in that. Uh, basically, it aims to address the issues related to the safe use of AI. And the companies will be required to share their test results for the softwares that are um, using AI or they're implementing the AI algorithms and artificial intelligence systems with the US government and the authorities uh, before they can release it to the market. And that is really, as I said before, it's very positive because I personally, when this, uh, you know, uh, AI's trend and everything, because we have had AI for a very, very long time. And since I was, um, an undergraduate student many, many years ago, we were working with these AI systems. And uh, since this trend of AI appeared, one of the things that I personally was worried about was, you know, who is looking after these algorithms and systems and everybody, and many people, not everybody, many people are using the term AI loosely, which is not right and ethical. And these types of regulations are a requirement to make sure what we are telling the people uh, who are not everybody knows what AI is and everybody has different expertise, which is great. Some people are, uh, know what AI is and they can understand those loose, you know, applications and improper applications of AI and using this term. But um, for the other people who don't know it, it would be great to have some regulatory authority to make sure that what we are giving to the people is the truth and is the right thing to do, you know, and the right uh, way to move forward. Uh, in more details, if you want to talk about uh, this directive from the President Biden and the White House, it was uh, uh, dealing with, it was addressed to the companies for developing the AI models that could potentially be a threat to national security or economy or society or health and safety before uh, they would be able to release their products. They have to uh, release their test results uh, to the government. And there is a team that needs to look at those test results and make sure that um, the results are uh, proper and this, the system works properly. So there, so there were some other uh, inclusions in that executive order. One of the other things that was mentioned there was about watermarking of the AI-made content. So uh, again, one of the other things that I personally was worried about was, you know, when, uh, I don't know if you have seen it, you when you look at uh, the social media, you can find uh, videos of the queen or different famous people who uh, are on real videos. So those types of applications where, where which are, you know, deep fakes and fraud, that would uh, 
create some kind of risky environment. And there might be some uh, fake news created through those kinds of channels. So watermarking uh, the AI made content would be a great initiative and we can avoid those kinds of um, applications, hopefully. There is another thing that is mentioned in the executive order and it addresses the potential bioweapons because one of the abilities of the AI systems is that, that through those kinds of computational uh, evolutionary optimization algorithms, we can um, come up with uh, gene sequencing algorithms and they can start you know, coming up with different sequencing of the genes and uh, that would potentially be a way to create bioweapons. And of course, we would need some regulation to stop people, you know, from doing these kinds of uh, unethical uh, things. And actually, the main challenge is uh, its proper implementations, because uh, even if we police uh, and everything and we have rules and regulations in every society, still there would be some people who would break the rules and uh, the implementation, the proper implementation of these regulatory requirements is one of uh, the other things that we should find proper channels to, uh, to implement them. Actually, and, that, uh, that's yeah. the next question is that what is what is the main goal of this and what's going to be the challenges of the order? And uh, because this is in the U.S., do you think Australia will also going to be following that? Yes, Australia is, uh, you know, is already thinking, it has already started thinking about regulations and regulatory requirements of AI. Actually, the NSW chief scientist, uh, he was uh, one of the people who initi initiated uh, the regulations of AI, and we already have the draft of the document that uh, is uh, based on the regulatory requirements that were drafted in Australia. And in academia, one of, many of um the people who are in academia, they are working on the ethics. If, uh, there are some people from uh, with law background and there are some people uh, from AI background and they're working together and they're working on those types of regulations. The implications and the challenges in academia is um, that uh, it's um, we have to come up with uh, some mechanisms that... Um, we can show the safety of the AI algorithms. So I'm anticipating that we start thinking of, uh, you know, for example, when these AI algorithms started, uh, we started publishing different uh, training methods or different, you know, uh, imp implementations of those algorithms in different uh, scientific journals. And the same should apply to the safety and uh, the uh, ethics and also the regulation of the AI uh, methods. So in a way, some mechanisms to make sure that, uh, you know, we are having proper algorithms, safe algorithms that would not uh, risk the society or create risk for people. Because if AI algorithms aren't implemented properly, as an example, I will give you a simple example. Uh, for example, say you are a bank and you want to uh, calculate the credit score for uh, the customers that they are applying for the loans. This is a very typical application of AI. And uh, then 
if that AI that is making this decision is not um, properly created and it doesn't uh, really make proper decisions and correct decisions, then, uh, you know, there is a there is a problem that it might be biased or it might be racist. And this is really serious. I mean, this is not a joke. It's it's very serious because it would affect someone's life. There are, the people want to buy a house and someone who is from a minority racial background with an average salary might be rejected because this AI system is biased or racist. So uh, those types of regulations, when what we do, if, if you're testing the system, we put two different uh, people as an input to the system. We give those types of inputs to the system. One of them is a system is a person, for example, with an average salary and uh, from a minority racial background. The other person would be in the same situation with an average salary, but not from that minority racial background. And if uh, the AI says, for example, the one from the minority racial background is uh, not, uh, you know, it, it reduces its credit score in compare with the one uh, who is not from the minority racial background, that's not a proper AI system. It's not, it shouldn't be allowed to be used and, uh, you know, to be implemented on any uh, banking uh, environment because it would really harm the society. And all these things uh, are some implications that we have that we have to study. And these types of regulations have to study the direct and indirect implications and impact of those algorithms on the society. So uh, even nowadays, for example, at universities, when uh, people come and they want to uh, collect data for AI systems, of course, data is a necessity, it's like the food for the AI systems. When they start collecting the data, before they start it, we look at all these implications to make sure that it doesn't hurt anyone. It's not illegal. It's not collecting information in a way that uh, later on you can identify the owner, you know, and who the person was. And um, another risk of the, you know, these uh, AI systems, if they are not used uh, ethically, is that it would affect the people's uh, pattern of uh, behavior and use and even for example say there is a shopping uh, system there is a shopping uh, there is an online platform for shopping and then uh, it it could use ai in a way that it collects all the information related to the users and it would uh, change the behavior of the user by just knowing those information about it and maybe the user did not want to consent to for their information to be shared and to be used by those people so the consent of the people is very important nowadays for example the things like chat gpt or other uh, ai systems that are available for uh, different applications when they are used when people are using it they have to be aware that one of the application one of uh, the implications of using those systems is that we are the uh, as the users we are the providers of the data to those systems and the consent when we are using it so we we you know we tick that box that we we have consent to uh, share our information to be shared with the owners and uh, we have to think before doing that. That would would it something would it be something that uh, we are happy really to do that because it would later on impact what 
we are offered, you know, on the web, on, on the internet and uh, in, in different platforms. So it's really important uh, that uh, all forms of collecting the information for the people have to be ethical. And uh, instead of just serving the greed of some people, it would be based on ethical objectives and uh, ethical principles. And all the AI algorithms have to be tested rigorously to make sure that they are not really uh, producing wrong results. Uh, because if you want to rely on something, it has to be proper and, uh, you know, uh, as another example I can give you is about, like, for example, a health application that some uh, some applications can predict cancer or they can even identify cancer. And if you want to rely on these algorithms, imagine that someone who has cancer goes to these algorithms and uh, are tested through these algorithms and the algorithm misses it. So whose fault is that? Who is responsible for that? So someone should take responsibility. And that's why these types of regulations are very important. Thank you so much for that. So so we just need regulation to to mitigate the the risk of of AI. So, so some people said you, if you have an AI-generated content, maybe we put watermark on to reduce the risk from from deepfake. Is that is that possible? Yes, that is a possibility. As I said, uh, it's a very good initiative, uh, but still, it's like you know, you cannot really control everything. There might be some applications that uh, they they won't really produce that watermark, uh, add the watermark to the content. and uh, But that's a very good initiative. And another thing about the balance of innovation and regulation uh, in uh, the AI development that I have to mention is one of the important bodies uh, is really academia in this matter because the, one of the ways that... Uh, we can uh, really create this balance between innovation and also regulation is looking at future graduates and uh, uh, training them in a way that they learn about these regulatory and ethical requirements uh, of developing those AI algorithms and models so that they would be you know, uh, AI engineers who are responsible uh, AI model creators. They know that AI models have to be created ethically and responsibly. Uh, so this is one of the responsibilities, I believe, of the academia to, it's very important to uh, train the graduates in this way. Thank you so much for that, Professor. What's going to be happening if someone, you know, some people doesn't follow the ethics and I'm very concerned about the the privacy, the data. So how can we regulate, mitigate that? Well, uh, one of the ways in order to uh, regulate the privacy of the data is, uh, you know, nowadays when uh, the AI systems that are online, as far as I have used them, when they collect the information, when they collect our data, they know it's me. So when they collect their data, it's mapped to my name. But imagine that the data is collected, but the system doesn't save 
the name of the person or the identity of the person that the data belongs to. That will be just data that can be used for training. So it wouldn't really uh, jeopardize any um, uh, AI innovation, but at the same time, it would be a very good usable data that uh, the people, the engineers and uh, the data scientists can use to train those AI systems. So I believe it's very important that we respect the privacy of the people. Uh, of course, nowadays, the uh, new generation might not really care about the privacy, but to, to me personally, it's very important. I was I was reading on the executive order of uh, U.S. President Biden. It's it's very ambitious plan because it will be implemented within next three months to one year, and it's cover eight areas. So, which is safety and security standard of AI, privacy protection, equity and civil rights, consumer rights, jobs, innovation and competition international leadership and AI governance is not a lot of of uh, regulation. It's very ambitious. What do you think about that? Uh, yes, I agree with you. It's a bit ambitious, but because it's an executive order that, uh, you know, comes from the White House and President Biden, it has to be comprehensive. And in order to have great results, one has to you know, have great ambition and a great plan to get there. And hopefully uh, the U.S. has a, a great plan uh, that they're on, on how they're going to implement it. Because, for example, one of the issues in the executive order is the jobs. And as you know, nowadays uh, there was a, uh, a, a protest going on uh, for the actors that they were losing their jobs because of AI. And you see, this is people's lives that we are replacing because AI is cheaper, you know. We cannot really play with people like that. It's not ethical. Thank you for that. Yeah, so luckily the, the strike in the actor guilds is already over. <laughs> they already have yes. their own. <laughs> what else? <laughs> we need to understand the AI risk. You're talking about academia. Uh, on previous episode, a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I was talking to Professor Kat Ellis from... University of New South Wales. She is one of the ethics advisory on academia because on using of AI. So I like the chat GPT. What do you think will be, do we need a standard regulation on academia? Because a lot of students now, they're using chat GPT or other AI software to help them Uh, to their study, which sometimes it's making them lazy. <laughs> yes. Yes, actually, uh, I'm not against using ChatGPT. One of the concerns for ChatGPT for, for me personally is the data privacy because it will use what the students or everybody else uh, enters uh, to it as the new data that is trained on. So that is the implication that I see in using it. But, uh, you know, one of the concerns about using things like ChatGPT is that we should be aware that one of the risks of AI systems is us as humans losing our ana analytical thinking ability. It's very important that we as humans 
have that analytical, critical thinking ability. If you lose that, you're nothing. You're not like these kinds of proper humans as we are these days anymore. So if these types of uh, AI systems like ChatGPT make us lazy that in a way that we cannot really uh, get from uh, point A to point B without using them, I think it's not uh, really good to use them. Because you, if you remember many years ago, we didn't use GPS in order to go from places from other from one place to another place. But nowadays, many people without GPS, they would be lost. And uh, if the same happens, you know, uh, for say, essay writing, or these kinds of um, skills, if our students or people lose those types of abilities and skills, it's a big threat because it's not just not being able to write an essay, it's losing the analytical and critical thinking skills. That is the thing that we should be aware that we, are, we shouldn't lose. Actually, the level of analytical and critical thinking that we have, we as humans have, the AI systems do not have it. At least at this stage, they don't have it. So look at Einstein. What Einstein did, an AI system cannot do. So, you know, we should be able to maintain our analytical and critical thinking skills. As long as we do that, it's okay to use any AI system. As long as we, we use them smartly, it doesn't, they don't make us stupid. That's the main important message here. That's a good advice to our listener and audience, especially the student. So, <laughs> and be creative. So AI is just like part of your tools to enhance your productivity. So when you're understanding the AI risk, we're talking about the software because software have an AI as well. What do you think happened on, on the recently uh, Opus... Um, issue again so this is the second time so some people say it might be on software it might be attack or cyber attack but optus doesn't say anything it, they only say deep network uh, issue yes uh, that kind of you know because uh, the whole australia was affected that kind of failure uh, actually i'm not in optus so it would uh, you know out from the aftermath of uh, what happened, I would imagine it would be either a, sub, a cyber attack or any type of software issue like a malware or uh, any kind of threat, software threat. So it's because all Australia was affected, it couldn't have been any hardware uh, problem that caused it. So it should have been something related to software. It might have been an attack. It might have been someone, you know, putting a, a malicious software in their systems. So they sh they are the best people to know where this where this fault came from. But it's definitely something related to their software and routing that happened that made this issue. How can you connect this to AI, for example? Is there, is yes. there anything AI that can be, say, yes. analyzed about this? Yes. Um, AI is actually software. And these types of failures are software-related. And these types of failures show 
you know, for the whole day. No, it wasn't a whole day. It was a few hours that we didn't have any internet. We didn't have any phone for the people who were using Optus. And uh, with our technology and the way our the way of our life, you see, we all were affected. I, I couldn't uh, check my emails. I couldn't, you know, make any phone call. So uh, this is one of the examples of uh, when we are relying on technology and stuff like AI, which is a software, when things like cyber attacks or illegal usage or any type of these kinds of problems happen, we can see firsthand that our lives are totally directly affected, you know. And this Optus issue was a very good example of a software matter that's really affected our lives. And in the future, definitely with this kind of speed in the uh, emerging technology development, uh, you know, quantum computing and AI, definitely our lives uh, would change soon and the way of our life would change soon. And uh, hopefully we wouldn't be affected like this in the future. Thank you so much for that, Professor. Uh, just one last question before we wrap up our report. Uh, podcast how can we promote equity or equality civil rights and consumer protection in say an ai application well uh, as i said these types of regulatory requirements are uh, basically the fundamentals for civil rights you know Uh, for equity and equality uh, for the AI applications because when we test the applications, um, with that example that I gave about the banks and racism, when we test the applications and check what they what what kind of answer they give us in the cases that you know we just replicate uh, say for example uh, a racist, example and then uh, we test the answer of the program to that example and if the program does not really make uh, a bad decision that can be a very safe program to use but if the AI makes an unfair decision of course it's uh, not a proper application to use and that's uh, the important uh, matter that is related to the importance of having these types of regulations in place. Thank you so much for that. So thank you so much, uh, Professor Nusha Shafiabadi of the Charles Darwin University. And thank you so much for your time and to our show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Nico. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Professor. So Hope you have more understanding about what's happening on AI development. So don't be, because when I when I when I see AI, when I think of AI, I'm always thinking about when I first watch the Terminator. So it's very it's very scary, but hopefully it will not be like that because of this regulatory. Hopefully, you know, in Australia, they're gonna put similar regulatory that, like in the U.S. I think the executive order is a big step towards making AI that is a trustworthy and responsible. 
The order is only a step. This is only the first step. So it doesn't solve the problem of passing comprehensive data privacy. Data privacy law. Without these laws, people are more likely to have a private or sensitive information shared by the AI system. Hopefully, this is the first step. The regulation of AI development. Thank you so much. This is Miko Santos from the Free Man Chronicle podcast. Enjoy the rest of the day and happy Friday.